0: uncomfortably the podcast that makes the uncomfortable comfortable being in my mid-20s I've unfortunately witnessed friends in toxic relationships and the sad reality is you don't always see the signs because sometimes you're just blinded by love you may think you have control of the situation a sense of guilt wanting to fix your partner but actually a lot of this comes down to manipulation It can make you feel lonely and trapped being in a toxic relationship because your partner may subtly move you away from your friends and family. And before you know it, they're all you have. I really wanted to do this episode to raise awareness of the signs because it's not like physical abuse where you'd know to walk away from that relationship. To respect the identity of my guest and his ex-partner, I have changed the names in this episode. I'm so grateful for Jay to share his story. It's a tearjerker. I definitely teared up recording this episode, but he shares so openly and honestly, and I'm so excited for you guys to listen. Let's dive in. Should we go into how we met?
1: Yep. no, sounds good.
0: Okay, so we were on a project together at work, and from memory... I remember the first time meeting you and thinking, gosh, what a polite boy. And I thought you were really shy. But little did I know in less than 24 hours later, I think um, it was in the morning after we first met. And I think the first thing you said to me was, "Go look what the cat drag did. I was just cracking up because I just thought my first impression of you being a shy boy was completely wrong.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like something I would say. I can't exactly, I can't remember the exact moment that, that we met, but, yeah, I was on that project, and I remember, okay, like, this is a, an easygoing person, you know, who's genuine. I'm just going to, like, be completely myself. So, yeah, that, that sounds about right.
0: Yeah, and trust me, you definitely were yourself. I know,
1: yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Very it's because you could take a joke, because you could take a joke, so I was like, oh, you know what, I'm just going to, yeah, go all out.
0: I want to say there was a lot of work that got done, but there was definitely a lot of a lot of fun along the way of just, like, taking the mickey out of each other. Uh, Whilst we were very light-hearted and, you know, a lot of our sort of working relationship was very much professional and then banter, I think it was only until maybe after a few months of sort of working together that we started to open up about maybe like personal things in our life and one of them for me was opening up about the loss of my mum and I think from from your side it was opening up about past relationships and that's actually when we got talking about today's topic and today's topic Mm -hmm. being emotional abuse in relationships and why I massively appreciate you coming on this episode is because it really isn't an easy topic to talk about at all I think there is a lot of stigma in this topic especially from a guys perspective which is why I massively appreciate you talking so openly about this so from your point of view could you give a bit of a background as to how this relationship for you started and what that sort of meant for you through your time together
1: yeah no more than happy to And, and yeah just sort of like give a back I think that this particular relationship with Amy talking about it's probably about five or six years ago now just a bit of myself uh you know like I've I've, I've always been a Christian you know like sometimes like I was a little bit lost along the way etc but I, I guess that was always quite important to me and so you know like what while I have dabbled you know in, in Tinder and Bumble and you know and all that I also signed myself up to a Christian dating app And this is where I met Amy and we just started talking on on there, really.
0: Yeah. And for you, was it was it really important for you to find someone who was Christian as well? Was that like a a, a negotiable for you?
1: Um, I think so. I think for me, uh, uh, like, while I wanted to find someone Christian, like I think, as you know, you know, I like to have a laugh, and like sometimes like, I was worried that sometimes, you know, like I might be someone that's a bit, a bit too serious, you know, a bit too dry, a bit too bland. So I was trying to find like the right balance, um, just something you know, like the same sort of like interest, I guess, that was important for me, and sort of like the same sort of understanding. Like, I come from a very, I guess, religious background background and my family are both are both my parents are quite religious I guess yeah I guess there's partly pressure from that um, but I mean they always left it up to me but I think I could tell that they always wanted that for me and I guess for me it was important as well just to have like like that that thing in common I guess I guess that's why I signed up and most of my attention was like focused on i guess on the christian dating app as well because obviously as you know tinder um you know there's a lot of people that aren't just looking for a relationship and yeah and i I guess i was looking for for that genuine person
0: yeah absolutely i mean personally having dabbled in tinder myself (laughs) i quickly came off it realizing it just was not for me (laughs) so i completely understand where you came from um in that respect so when it came to getting to know Amy and sort of realising this was a relationship that you wanted to to take forward, how was that for you in the initial stages?
1: I guess because it's been so long and I think part of me tried to like forget this. I, I like to say that, that things were good, but I think that they're, they're definitely already like, you know, things weren't perfect when talking to her. Generally, it was fine, um, you know we got on extremely well um there was a lot of like jokes a lot of banter we had a lot of things in common um if that makes sense uh, i'm quite like i think I, as you know i think even how we met i'm quite like quite direct quite straightforward um and, and she was the same i know and you know we, we were on our first date i mean literally like within 10 minutes, i mean we've been talking quite a lot but literally within 10 minutes of meeting her you know I don't know. I, like, I know some people wonder like this, but I guess I like to just how confident straight up she was. She just went in for the kiss, you know, we did, we did it for like five, 10 minutes. And it, it was just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess I, I was attracted to sort of like that, you know, how bold she was in doing that, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I could definitely vouch for uh, that you, you sort of are a guy that knows like what you want and stuff. And obviously me to name it, it sounds like you'd, you'd met your match in that respect and it was something that you were attracted to. So um, from that respect, was it very much as though that attraction just sort of grew? And then was it, was that the honeymoon stage that sort of continued?
1: Um, I would say so although the, we did disagree sometimes, I, I remember like you know like I, I planned to ask about this day and I can't remember but but we were arguing you know before and then I was like you know should I still or should, or should I not if that makes sense and I still you know went ahead as I think even though you know as initially you know it started to progress like you know things weren't rosy but in my head I thought well you know it, it wasn't like the on end all and it's things that it's just sort of like it's going to improve
0: mm-hmm. so there were maybe little niggly things that you thought oh it's 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 minor these are things that I can get over they're not deal breakers
1: Exactly that and going into it as well you know she did say you know like mentally she wasn't always like quite quite there but you know I thought I'm mentally incredibly strong you know like you know I've never had like you know depression or anxiety For I was like the ideal guy for her to cope with that um if that makes sense so in that aspect, I was like, you know, hopefully with me being strong, you know, and and, and being that, that that stable person she might need, things will get better.
0: Mm-hmm. And did you feel a lot of pressure in that sense? Because you were suddenly this person that was someone that she depended on almost?
1: Yes. And, and in a way, I, I liked it. Like, I, I liked that. Like, I think at the time, in, in a way that you know, like I think sometimes in relationships, we want to feel needed. And I definitely felt like I was needed in that relationship, which was another thing that, that drew me close to her.
0: Yeah, from that point of view of need, I think that's that's quite an important point there, because there may be a lot of people that have gone through this where that sense of need is something that they feel is a positive thing of, oh, this person needs me. And And it's a nice feeling that you're there helping this person then. But did that slowly then manifest into something that then became a bit too much?
1: You're absolutely right. And and I think what you just said, you know, like, you know, feeling that would help, you know, I guess I, I almost felt like I was doing good, you know, for her as well so as for myself, you know, it was almost like a selfless act. But you're absolutely right. It was an incredibly, incredibly intense relationship. And I think, you know, with that, you know, that it, it becomes, you know, it, it, it takes almost like everything, if that makes sense. And so, yeah, it was incredibly tense.
0: Mm-hmm. And did it ever feel that intensity got too much? Like, did you feel as though you needed your space?
1: When I was at the time, no, I think I, I almost, I think we both thrived for that intensity. And because it was so intense, you know, there were very high ups, they were very low lows, if that makes sense. And so we just, I think it allowed for a lot of, you know, cracks to rather improve, grow, grow bigger and, and grow worse.
0: Mm-hmm. So just to put this into con- context, how intense is intense? Because that's very subjective. So mm. was it a case of that you were calling each other constantly per day and, um, you know, you you'd try to spend as much time as possible?
1: Yeah, so... Yeah, as the relationship started to progress, um, so she was studying in London and I was studying in Sheffield. So we had a bit of distance, which is often the case. So typically with Christian dating apps, what often happens is that you know you, you end up meeting someone that. Doesn't live that close. So she was studying outside of London, just outside of London, and I was studying in Sheffield. So, what basically ended up happening was we would just Skype all the time. And as the relationship progressed, it would just increase and increase. And it got to the point where she would want to, I would pretty much go on to Skype the moment I got home from uni I Skype with her until we fell asleep on Skype. And then I would probably most of the time wake up on Skype, you know, with her there. And so she took over like that, that whole aspect, but it, was, it was a very slow process.
0: Mm, that is a lot of hours. So to put that into context, I guess if you were coming home from uni at maybe around four or five till midnight, that's, you know, seven, eight hours or every evening, pretty much.
1: Yeah, p- pretty much. I mean, I, I tried to find online somewhere, just, you know, how many like, you know, minutes I spent, you know, on Skype on calls of her and and uh, like i think i was sometimes i did a bit i remember it just being like such an insane amount if that makes sense yeah so it, it just grew very intense and and i i lived with four other guys um and they were like really good friends and I love them all. And, you know, to talk, start talking about some of where, like, you know, the issues were like one of the issues was that I, I would come home. I'd If she was busy, you know, I would be, you know, relaxing, chilling with them. And then, you know, she'd be she'd want to call. And the problem was that even though sometimes I might not be in the mood or I didn't want to, like, it just wasn't worth the hassle to say Oh, you know, let's go in an hour's time or let's go in two hours time or I'm busy right now. Yeah, as the relationship progressed, it just got, got worse and worse where if she didn't get her own way or hell would break loose.
0: So that's a really interesting point where you said it wasn't worth the hassle because it was almost as though it was too difficult to say how you felt at that time, which was, you know, what well, actually, can can we just do it in an hour or so? Because I just want to hang with the boys for a bit so it was almost as though you were just giving in to her for her to get her own way because that confrontation was just unbearable
1: what 100% and so I remember moving into so this was so going back to earlier on just moving into you you know like the boys I've been living with for a few years but we moved into a new house starting uni in September you know I think we started going properly officially going out in august so this is in september and we moved in for a first day we decided to go for a drink um at the pub uh she was texting me you know i was at the pub with the guys everything was fine but i can't remember what happened but anyway like i was just having a chat but then one of my friends started you know I was having I was having a text conversation with her but then one of my friends started talking to me and I replied to her seven minutes late and she was livid she was really angry and I thought this is ridiculous So I said to her I think you're overreacting and she just lost it she said she's not going to talk to me for days I was a horrible boyfriend I treat her awfully and you know it just sucked that life out that experience at the pub it just made it a dreadful one like I ended up going home early I tried to call she just wouldn't pick up she spoke to me the next day and she said you're lucky that I'm speaking to you but only because I need to and I think she needed something
0: Mm, wow that not a nice position to be in at all you know that sense of you're out with your friends like you think typically you know what you'd want to conversate with with those that you're around I guess in in that situation was it almost as though you had to give her the attention she needed there and then or did that fear start to sink into then Of my goodness if I don't give her the attention she wants um I'm gonna have it
1: um, it wasn't necessarily, you know, oh, she, she, you know, she, she would be angry or so, but, you know, obviously I did, I did love her and I wanted to make her happy. And, you know, that pub experience turned into like horrible experience. And I think a month later, you know, I tried to go on the night out again and again, she was just not talking to me, just giving me thing and, you know, was incredibly annoyed. Like she never said specifically it's because, you know, you went out, but I know it was because of that. And so I stopped going out and not, not because I, you know, I needed to please her, but because if I did, I knew the hassle and the fuss and just the upset. And it ended up me having a horrible experience. You know, I'm not enjoying having a good time at the club when I know that my girlfriend won't talk to me for two days because, you know, it's just not worth it anymore. And I think just not going out and talking on Skype with her and having an, 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 a, an OK time, that was the more attractive option for me.
0: Mm -hmm. And looking at the signs of, you know, later when you've looked into uh, emotionally abusive relationships, um, one of the key aspects there was keeping you from socialising. And although you talk about it wasn't necessarily trying to please her, that action of I'm going to go cold to you because I don't like that you're out with your boys was almost like a tactic. And we see it quite commonly you know, I've seen it with one or two friends of mine, it's the same sort of tactic that can be used. And although they're not saying to you, black and white per se, like, don't go out, or I don't want you to go out, it was what comes after it, you know, that that, that sort of dread that they'd feel of, oh my goodness, my, my partner is going to act a certain way to me. And therefore, it just was never worth it, which sounds very similar to to this situation.
1: Mm, no 100% and, and yeah like prior to this postcard I went onto that the Healthline uh website I looked at sort of you know like emotional abuse and the particular thing that hit out to me was you know the emotional neglect and isolation and as you mentioned there you know one of them was keeping you from socializing uh which is you know and, and sort of looking through some of the other things you know calling you needy and um you know I'll talk about an example for that later on and you know, sort of shutting down communication, you know, where I said she wouldn't talk to me by days, you know, and just so many of the signs that they list, you know, I definitely experienced in in my relationship with Amy. Now, you know, it's interesting, you know, the one that you mentioned to keep you from socialising, you know, she, while she never directly said, well, not always directly said, I don't need to go out, like, like you mentioned, she made it incredibly difficult for when I did. And I still to this day believe she was not a horrible person. And she, she never, ever meant any of this. But the one thing that, almost started to work for her for me not to go out was doing all these these things you know by not talking to me and you know making life as difficult for me as possible when I did go out that in the end I just almost chose the easier option and because I then almost allowed that to work it, it, it kept happening and I and it, it was so hard to break that circle because if I ever did she would make it you know 10 times worse and so an example of that was where you know now start, so you know i I came back to uni September and so now we're heading into December where I tried to go on a ski holiday with uni. We were there, we were out there, you know, I'd said I'm just going to go out for one night, you know, I'd, I paid, you know, to go on this holiday and, you know, part of it is just having good times with your friends, you know, not just being on the slope. So I decided to go out, um, I got a message from We were messaging, you know. She said, "I miss you so much." And then, you know, I decided, "Oh, you know, I miss her too." So I was like, "Oh, you know what? I'll I'll call you." And it was like one, two a.m. And then on the call, initially she started off, you know, quite nice. You know, she was missing her, and then like an hour, in, she was like, "Actually, I don't think I could do this anymore." And she just, you know, like broke up with me there and then.
0: Wow, that was (laughs) that couldn't have been expected at all. You know, like you said, if you were talking for an hour, you you were just saying how you miss each other and what was going through your mind at that time
1: well I was distraught and I was just so confused incredibly confused I just you know at one point she was telling me how much she misses me and then now you know that she missed me too much like there was just so many questions and I didn't sleep at all anyway the next morning I called her and 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 this and this is where I go back to where you know where we initially started talking she said she had like you know like mental health issues um I don't if she was ever like properly diagnosed but she was like seeing like a uni therapy and and she just put it down she said oh no I still want to be with you so you know I just said you know what like that's fine you know I wanted to be with her and it's like you know I'm strong enough like this down to her mental challenge mental challenges or you know down to whatever she was going through that she's like this but I'm going to you know be strong for her and I just kept putting it it down to that but obviously this was starting to have an impact on me now like that that roller coaster of emotions.
0: Mm -hmm. And while she was talking about maybe not going out as much was there a point where you started to feel as though your friends were maybe getting closer and you weren't in the circles that you thought you were in you know uni is meant to be a time where you socialize you make friends for life was there a part of you that thought I'm missing out on this or was it a case and then slowly I guess with Amy because you were spending so much time with her it was almost as though slowly slowly she becomes all you have in that sense
1: Mm, definitely but what I was able to keep telling myself was I am to my a year of uni you know I don't know how often I'm going to see my friends after you know we graduate but this is the girl that you know I'm going to marry so I'm going to be able to you know I was thinking long term but in my head I was still thinking you know things do need to improve but I'm here to help her and you know like help things improve
0: and what kind of things did you wish improved at that time
1: talking about it now it just feels stupid like why I didn't pick up on it then but you know just almost where she started you know to care for for my feelings and for my emotions because after you know that that you holiday, we're going to January exams and she just couldn't understand almost why I had to revise so much you know I was doing aerospace engineering it was a challenging course and, and I remember one day you know one evening she ended it but the next day she said she was just joking and she was drunk and and again I put it down you know it's just her mental health but obviously you know like I just couldn't get to sleep that night and I was just was so incredibly stressed and it was just such a horrible time that January you know I had quite a few exams and trying to revise and, and you know this girl that needed like almost constant attention i remember just walking to the mental health service and just standing outside the building like and i was balling my eyes out and i was, I just don't know what to do anymore but you know like i said i always took myself as someone that's like strong-minded i was like i'm not gonna walk in there you know like I'm, i can do it by myself so i didn't end up going in there but that that january was it was a horrible horrible time then in february march things started to improve Um, a little bit like they started to improve but we still had a lot of our issues I guess one aspect that I haven't really talked about which I guess is one of the worst things for me really is that I get we were both quite like sexual people but obviously that was an issue with our faith um but there'll be times where if she she'd say if I don't do this this and that you know let's not bother talking tonight so sometimes I had to choose you know between doing something or not being able to talk to her all evening and and that for me was incredibly tough and because obviously part of me wanted to but obviously because you know my faith as well you know that that was hard like and, and and that was a an incredibly tough time as well and because I wanted to talk to her and if I didn't do like, these things, then she wouldn't talk to me, you know, for a day or two. And and it was just so, so horrible. But I think just, just at the time, you know, you hope that things will get better. And I, I guess, yeah, I, I still felt sorry for her. She'd also, she'd also mentioned before when she was like having like a tough time that if I ever ended the relationship or breaking up with her, um, that you know, she wouldn't know what she'd do and, you know, implied that she might kill herself. So there's always that, that pressure from myself as well. It's that, you know, like she had threatened suicide to me before to the point where I nearly called the police one day because she said, you know, I'm not feeling great. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, signed off on some message, you know, she turned off her phone and I, and I was proper panicking. And, I, you know, I was very close to, to calling the police because, you know, I wouldn't be able to forgive myself if something had happened and, and I didn't do anything. Now
0: oh, that is a really incredibly tough thing to go through mentally you know that you'd gone through her breaking up with you then saying I was drunk it's fine I'm just joking as you mentioned this happened quite a few times but then from from your point of view if things were never things weren't feeling right you weren't in a position to break up with her because you were scared about the consequences you were scared that you may have had a life on your hands which is Really, really brutal thought to go through. And yeah, it could not have been easy for you you mentally to think things aren't the way that I may want them to be in a relationship. And although you mentioned I wanted to be mentally strong, but there's only so much that a person can take. And I think you were incredibly strong, you know, going through what you went through. And I know you mentioned that you're outside the the, the mental health clinic at, at uni and you thought actually I can deal with this on, on my own but even the fact that you were outside and you thought I, I want to I want to talk about this that in itself was such a um, such a bold step to take you know I think it's incredibly brave this the situation that you that you talk about and yeah i I don't know I'm a bit speechless to be honest I've got a bit of goosebumps as you were talking because I yeah I think mentally that just would have been a very a time where you almost felt trapped almost because you don't really Mm. know what to do you think I want things to get better but they aren't getting better but I can't break up with her because I might have a life on my hands
1: yeah it it, it was it was exactly that and you know don't don't get me wrong like there were still good times for this and, and and that's what almost kept me going you know there was so many like dark and, and moments and where it was awful but we would have good times and it was those that i desperately like feed off and because i didn't have those in my friends anymore etc you know I, I remember once obviously you know i was on skype with her but i think i might have said i was going to grab some dinner and but i remember once going down into my on their rooms there we all were aware, and i was like oh guys guess what and my friend went oh you dumped Amy yet and that just hit me like a ton of bricks like you know they couldn't wait you know for me to get you know rid of this girl and I was being taken away from them and you know he just said it so like brashly and casually you know and everyone laughed and that that still stuck with me now that that, that they could they could see like and, and they were actively encouraging me to break up but in my head I was just telling they don't know what you know like they didn't know about her mental struggles you know they don't know all the things that I knew. So she wasn't very good with money. I asked me to buy takeaways. I think initially started off with me offering to buy her a takeaway mm-hmm. once. I think she'd already asked, you know, if I could buy a takeaway that week. Um, and then she asked me again. And I said, look, like, you know, I've spent a lot of money on takeaway for you this week already. Like, one, you know, I'm spending more money. For food on you than I am almost on myself you know I'm happy to help you learn to budget and and then she just said well I can't believe you're such a horrible boyfriend that you won't even buy me food you know I just won't eat anything then and so it, it just you know those those constant almost like choices and that that feeling where you were made to feel guilty.
0: So was it a case where she said if you don't buy me takeaway like I, I'm just not going to eat?
1: Exactly that. So I I was then left with a choice, you know, do I then spend more money and buy her takeaway or make a decision almost, you know, like it was my choice for her not to eat.
0: Mm. And that also when looking at the warning signs of emotional abuse, one of them was just not being aware of how you feel. And I guess looking at um, some of the signs on emotional abuse, one of them is almost that manipulation of if you don't do this, then this. And that seems to be a common theme that cropped up as an example here of being insensitive to, to your feelings in this situation. And that seems to be a common theme that that crops up over and over was just that insensitivity to your feelings as you said you were a student too you know I remember uni days not even knowing like Mm. am I just going to survive with beans on toast for the next week you know so um that couldn't have been an easy time financially for you like you said you'd already bought her you know food and then again it was another request well if you don't buy me food then I'm going to starve and and that was a complete disregard to to your financial position and what you just said and when you tried to reason with her actually Amy I've already bought you takeaway you you know please try and get better with your money it was a complete disregard mm-hmm. for that
1: what what 100% and I mean, looking back on it now some of the other examples I talked about there was just that you, you know clear evidence of there was just no whether she did it on purpose or not I don't know but there was often just that complete you know, lack of sensitivity towards feelings or needs, which made this relationship so, 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 so incredibly hard.
0: Mm-hmm. And at what point did you start to feel, yeah, while well, these these highs are great, I just really cannot bear the lows anymore?
1: I don't think I, I ever got to that point, really. Um, she thankfully ended it with me because I'm not sure if I ended ever ended it with. If I would have ever ended with, with her, I, I, I say this to people and, and my friend said it to me, you know, like before says, you know, the nicest thing she ever did was ending the relationship. And looking back on it now, like I, I really think, you know, she did. Coming towards the end of our relationship, she went out on a night in London um, with like four pounds cash. I was a bit worried that, you know, she'd spend two pounds 80, I think, on the tube or on the bus or whatever it is on the way there. And so she didn't have enough money to get back um, to her place. So I, I was naturally worried about her going out. Not, you know, I wasn't controlling or anything. I, I wasn't, I trusted her, but, you know, I was just worried that, you know, there, there are people that will take advantage of people. And, you know, she was already relying on on other people to buy her drinks, etc. Um, So obviously naturally, I was I was slightly, slightly worried about, that now she didn't message me the next morning till quite late on and I was I don't know I just had this feeling that you know I don't think she ever went home um because I was like she probably would have messaged me like you know what really happened and I don't know maybe I shouldn't have done this but she I knew that she was logged in on Facebook on my phone so I thought I'd just check you know her Facebook just to see what was going on and she'd messaged a friend that she was still in London so I knew she'd never made it home so I was worried and and I and I was just sort of like I remember I was in the library like at the time trying to work on my dissertation but I was like I knew you know she's been up to something anyway like I called her and I was like you told me you were back home but you are you telling your friends you know you're in London and she just lost it because i checked her facebook when i shouldn't have and basically ended up me a lot of apologizing and groveling and i genuinely felt guilty and she was like you know like i wish you trusted me you know of course i wouldn't i was just she gave some excuse and and i felt so guilty for even accusing her like you know, of like what, what, why would I ever? Yeah, I shouldn't have checked, and you know, I logged out of Facebook. And I was like, I never do it again. Do you know what I mean? And that was like a month of me like proper apologizing, groveling. I remember one like I just I got emotional to say like, like I'm sorry that I never trusted you, or you know that I did that. Like you know, I wanted to know that, you know, like you know, I do love you, and and everything's fine. So I think it's probably like a good month and a half later from this incident that we were on the phone and she was like I've got to tell you something but please don't be angry and I was like what is it she was like just promise me you won't be angry I was like okay I promise I'll be angry and she was like I didn't go home that night you know like me and a friend we slept in another guy's bed but nothing happened and I, I, I was slightly angrier actually she was the one lying but then she got very angry and lost it because I promised that I wouldn't get annoyed and I was annoyed at her and it ended up with me apologizing again for getting annoyed with her and I remember her saying you know that I'm lucky to be with her but I just didn't even argue it I felt at the time wow but again i you know, there was she admitted that she said nothing happened, but she just stayed in the same bed. You know, I, I trusted her. Don't know why, but I believe that. But, you know, there she was telling me that I was lucky to be with her still because I got annoyed at the fact that she'd lied to me. But I didn't argue it because it just, like I said, it wasn't worth the effort and the hassle.
0: That is a bit of a roller coaster of emotions there where
1: mm.
0: naturally when you'd hear, you know, that she, firstly, she she lied to you about not going home and then secondly about, you know, sleeping in, in a bed with her friend and, and another guy. So, and then to kind of turn that on you is almost almost felt as though, no, you're in the wrong here because you're getting mad at me for something that I didn't do anything wrong about. So that, again is another sign of kind of not taking into account how you mm. should feel and yeah. that you'd you'd anything that you do feel is wrong which which again is 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 another factor of of, of of a red flag really so when she did break up with you uh sorry so after that incident uh what then happened after that in terms of your relationship
1: yeah, so I think that was the start of the my so obviously natural, I was worried whenever she, she went out and again like there'd be instances where you know she would go out with not much money and she would she'd promised me she'd take the last train home um, and she'd miss it and then I'd have to order an Uber home because she had no way of going home and there I remember one night she went out again um, you know she'd never make a train home before and I was just like look like she messaged me I think it was like at 20 to 12 like uh oh, when's the last train home and I was like you know it's, it's in 30 minutes and you know like you're in, in the center of London and you need to get to Waterloo like you're probably not even going to make it so I was naturally you know a little bit frustrated anyway she finally she, she just made it on the train anyway we called it and she would she just said oh, I'm not sure if I can do this anymore, uh, you know you're you're too needy, and she ended it there because I was too too needy of a boyfriend.
0: Mm, that's really interesting because calling you needy mm. again is 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 something that you know you speak about that she'd often call you needy. Um, when really, it from judging by the examples that you're showing here, is that all you were was you know you're just showing yourself to be someone that that supported her through through a lot and if anything she was incredibly dependent on you
1: Mm. no definitely but I think just in that situation I don't know but you know I know we mentioned it already you know talking about sort of like you know being desensitized to your feelings and emotions and that for me whenever I wanted you know even remotely anything you know she would lose it and you know I'd be controlling or, or needy when you know, even at the time, I thought it was really the other way around. You know, naturally, I was distraught because she ended it. Um, but I had, like, the most incredible and supportive friends still. I remember just sitting with a friend, you know, in a parking in Sheffield. I was just bawling my eyes out. Um, and I think it was also just a, a release of, like, you know, like, the past, like, nine months. And I just completely, you know, like, told her everything and everything that happened. And, yeah, I think through that and, you know, and talking and and you know, I guess finally having, like, someone again and talking through it, it it made me realise how, I don't want to use the word stupid, but, like, you know, I felt so stupid, like, how could I let someone do this to me, you know, I never thought I would be the one, and, you know, even talking to you about some of the examples, I I know that, like, if I hadn't gone through this myself, I'd be sitting there, like, oh, I'd easily be able to say no, or, you know, like, that's not me, like, I, I could do you know, I could handle that or, you know, I'll be strong enough, you know, I just tell her, you know, t- to do one. But it was just such a, a weird and, you know, intense relationship where, you know, like I already talked about, you know, I had no one left where it felt like if I didn't have her, I'd have absolutely no one. And th- that that was so hard that, you know, like it was worth all the bad times just to be with her.
0: Absolutely. And it's not stupid at all. Absolutely not. Mm. You know, you are incredibly strong person for being put through what you went through. And actually, it's so common that you don't pick up on the signs because suddenly through the manipulation of being in an abusive relationship, You are kept away from socialising, you don't have the same friendship circles, they come between you and your family and your friends to a point where you don't have anyone to turn to. It's it's a power position whereby suddenly Mm. they are all you have and it's an insecurity actually. Yeah. it's it's an insecurity on their part that they need you more than you need them in that situation and as you've spoken about unfortunately she did go through you know some mental health challenges of her own and that dependence on you was was never healthy but what that meant was she was it very much sounds as though she was too scared to let you have your own life because she depended on you
1: so much so mm. by
0: getting in the way of that it very much was now that I've got him all to myself
1: Mm, all right no 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 definitely and like you said like it was her own struggles and you know I don't think she was in the right state of mind to go into relationship for me what was the final straw it, it wasn't the ending up like she tried to get back together with me a week after but that like I said I just needed a day or two where I realized being my friends and almost just seeing life could almost be like again that I realized I said look like maybe in the future you know things change but at the moment I just wasn't ready um but a month later I I was going home to see my family and she'd messaged me saying you know I miss like you know the phone calls that we had or spending time with you or something like that and you know I hadn't spoken to her for like a whole month and I remember my heart I don't know but I was like because I still I still loved her and I still cared I cared for her so much and because I know. People might be thinking oh but why but I guess at the time I still saw just you know such a broken girl and I, I I like to think that like you know like I can be quite selfless sometimes and I guess in that situation you know like even though you know like I wasn't always happy you know I was willing to you know forego my happiness you know for, for her because I just saw such like you know a broken girl that that needed me almost and um you know I said like you know I miss talking to you too and that and she was like you free for a phone call and I was like I'll call you when I got home and I almost couldn't wait to get home and and I called her and we were on the phone and then she asked the question you know you know would you ever get back together with me and I thought okay like you know this could be the start of you know something new where things change and you know because I guess you know you you did go from like some that that intensity to to nothing that you you do you do you miss part of that and I definitely did at the time you know I was still trying to get over her you know it'd only been like a month and a half and and I said yeah I would get back together with you and I asked her would you get back together with me and she went no I was like why did you ask me then and she was like oh, I just wanted to see what you would say and at that moment the penny dropped and I you know and I think at that point I was like this girl just whether she means it or not but she has no regard for my feeling and suddenly I went from you know caring about her to and I was just like I I think hate is a strong word I don't want, I don't ever want to hate anyone but I disliked her so much at that point and I was like I don't want anything ever to do with this person again and I blocked her on everything that I could and I was like I never want to hear from her ever again and and to this day I haven't heard from her um I did unblock it I'm over it now like obviously I I wish her well and you know I still don't think she's had any intentions but me personally you know that's not someone that I could be with you know I don't know if I'm not strong enough or or whatever but yeah like I I definitely plan on hearing well well clear
0: Mm, absolutely and it is interesting you hear uh, hear you talk about how even a month on you still kind of uh, yearned for that mm. uh, that intensity of that relationship and I, and I guess that's only natural you know you'd you'd spent so much of your time like we said you know seven eight hours a day on Skype to each other every day and suddenly to go from that to nothing it must have been very very hard but you I think you're absolutely right when you say it it was a blessing, you know, and the best thing she ever did for you was breaking it up because you never would have done that. And I can honestly say from from the time I know you, like you are genuinely one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And I think you would never have wanted to wish harm on her in any way. And I think that almost would have led you to a path where you would have stayed in something which mm. would not have worked out for you in a happy way. Um, we're saying that moving on from from your relationship with Amy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what do you wish you knew back then?
1: So I guess, and I know I've touched upon this, that you know I think that you know people can be abusive even if they don't mean to be, or you know that they come across as, as a nice person. That I I still feel like you know I, I don't I don't like to use use the word that I've been you know emotionally abused. I don't know if that's because you know a masculinity thing or just also because I don't want to take away from people that have suffered worse abuse. Um, you know, I don't ever want to take away from, from that experience, but you know, reading that the Healthline website, which is, you know, really good. And if anyone's ever going through anything, I'd, you know, I'd recommend, you know, looking at some sort of at least the signs so that people are aware of it. Um, because I definitely wasn't aware at the time. And I guess I for me I just I I, n- I never want to say that, you know, I have been abused, but you know, I could definitely relate to some of the signs from from Healthline. Uh, which is a really good good website and I I just wish I knew that you know like abuse can come in in many different forms and you know like even if you don't relate to all of some of like the the signs like I think it's important you know I wish I was aware of them Um, and I guess I wish I knew how to process them and how to to react to those.
0: Absolutely and I think it's such an important point and why this this episode is so so important because I think with physical abuse it's so easy to spot those signs you know if someone's Mm. punched you in the face and you've got a black eye you know people will be like oh my goodness you need to leave that relationship immediately but if someone's emotionally abusing you to a point where you know you, you you're cut off from your friends your family and you feel almost trapped or You know, some of the other signs we've uh, spoken about, you know, when we talk about calling you needy and just not taking into consideration your feelings and being indifferent, um, dehumanizing you, shutting down certain communications. You know, there's so many signs there that Mm. when you've now gone back, you know, five, six years on, I thought, my goodness, I wish I knew this back then. But that's why I can't thank you enough for coming on this episode and just raising awareness for it, because it's not that spoken about. You know, we don't go to school and get taught this enough. I don't think, you know, we'll, we'll we'd, it'd be very easy for us to get taught. You know, someone hits you in the face, that's it. You leave that relationship. You know, it's it's very easy to spot that physical side, but never mm. that easy to spot that emotional side. So thank you so much for being so open and honest about your experiences I guess to finish off could, is there any advice for anyone that may be going through something similar like you said um, you know some of the some of the signs on the Healthline website you know you don't have to relate to all of them um, but is there any advice for anyone that may be going through it currently or know someone going through it currently that you could give to them?
1: Yeah so it's hard because I've got a friend going through at the moment and I just don't know what to do because I knew at that time that you know no matter what my friend said I wouldn't listen because I was always like they don't understand and I've had a friend who I've almost lost I'd like lost communication with like two for like two years and it was just a really odd thing for him to do but he had his like new new girlfriend now fiance and because of I knew what Amy was like I was like I'm not I know some other friends were like I've lost time with it I'm not going to speak to him you know again like he, he's not making an effort you know I'd make an effort for him but I'm not you know like, oh, you know like what's he playing at like you know he's got this girl and he's just like you know like le- left the boys and but because I knew what I'd gone through Amy I was like I'm not gonna like cut him off I was like because I was like what about just in case and in my head I was going through like I hope I'm not just being a mug here you know this guy is just you know pardon me for first girl and there I am like still like you know giving him chances but one night uh, when I was away with, with my, my current girlfriend I got a call from him and it was him in floods of tears and he was just like telling me how unhappy he was and how trapped he felt and just you know just sharing me some of like just some you know very similar examples that you know I've given through like he prepared like he proposed to her in a very cute way, but for some reason she wasn't happy. And so you know, she's making him propose again. And it's it's just, you know, like even cutting him off from work calls, you know, social work calls. And and you, you one example that he gave was that when she he, like he, he was running like he was on the work call but she wanted him to go shopping with with her you know for some reason that's specifically four o'clock and he couldn't make it because he was on the work call and and again you know she was incredibly angry and you know she, she turned it around on him that she you know my friend chose a colleague over her but and and so you know I could just totally totally relate to that but I know how hard it is to come out of it as well but I know that's a little bit off topic but I think yeah the reason why I was happy to do this is you know just to raise awareness that like you know I think it might be more common than we think and also just to raise awareness of you know some of like you know the signs and and like you said you know perhaps offer any sort of advice to anyone going going through it I guess my advice like looking back on what I've gone through I think for me I was constantly hoping that it would get better or you know I was thinking she would change or you know I could ha- be help drive that change but if there's anything I've learned it generally only gets gets worse like and if you're waiting for that relationship you know for you to be happier like it, it, it won't that and and I think that that's something that that I've realized and also to love yourself and your friends are crucially important like my relationship that I'm with at the moment like I, I couldn't be happier and she's so good but you know one thing that I cherish that I'm very protective over because of what amy did is that i'm very protective over over my friends and you know because for me this is my my final relationship i hope but you know looking back on the years you know relationships have come and gone but it's my friends that were always there for me and i think anyone trying to get in between you and your friends is the most that's incredibly dangerous because they cut you off and 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 then you feel like you have no one but them
0: Mm, absolutely. And that is such a mindset shift. That's, that's such a tricky word to say. But yeah, that's such a mindset shift to what you were when you were with Amy, because when you were with her, it was very much, oh, my uni friends, I'm probably won't see them after uni, but this is my life partner. So I'm going to put all my energy into her. Now you're almost thinking, actually, my friends are going to be my lifelong friends my partner needs to fit in and understand that she can't come in the middle of me and my friends and I think that's such a beautiful transition that you've done there
1: Mm, no definitely and I think it's just that having that 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 self-love as well like I I don't know whether you know it's like I think as you know you mentioned you always you know you always felt like I was confident and I felt like I was confident for uni but I don't know but again I think it's so important to 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 love yourself and that relationship
0: yeah absolutely and I think it's it's great that you've you've had this mindset shift now and Mm -hmm. the fact that now that lesson although it was a really tricky time for you to go through it's taught you so much about what you want in a relationship what you want in a partner and hopefully that's led to such a beautiful healthy relationship that that you are in currently and yeah I think whilst we do we do go through tough times in our lives we can either sit and wallow in them and not learn from them, or we learn and put it into action to make sure something like this never happens again and we flourish and we grow from it. And you've absolutely done the latter. And hopefully that that leads to great things for you in your current relationship.
1: Thank you. And 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 yeah, like you said, like, I, I don't regret any of my past relationships. They've always been they were all so different from each other and they've all been such massive learning comes and helped me shape the person who who I am today and help me sort of yeah develop in, into you know what, what is a really good and healthy relationship.
0: And I can completely vouch for the fact that you are such a, a wise, a wise guy when it comes to love and relationships because <laughs> I, I I know that recently I've come to you for a couple of scenarios that I've been through and you've just given me such words of wisdom that it's it's been so appreciated and yeah and I think it definitely has come mm-hmm. from 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 life lessons that you've gone through and yeah I you know even just personally for me the advice that you've given me has been second to none so mm-hmm. you've been a great friend and uh, you know a colleague turned friend absolutely and once again thank you so much for coming and being so open and honest about this topic it really isn't easy True to the podcast name it is uncomfortable but you really have spoken about it in a way that's hopefully more palatable for people to listen to and understand and raise awareness of.
1: No, thank you so much for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure, you know, to come on today. And your previous podcasts have been, you know, so great. So it's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode. There's a lot of advice online, but also, I think fundamentally, sometimes you just need someone to listen and to tell you that the situation you're in might not be the healthiest. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please hit the follow button on wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss an episode. And also check out the Instagram page at chatting underscore uncomfortably. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks.
1: Bye.